So minority and underrepresented workers are getting tired of workplace slights, insults, and offenses, and they would rather just work remotely on a permanent basis. They say it is less painful to deal with microaggressions at home, but then they may pay the price for being away from the office. Hello, my name is Bidemi Ologunde and you're listening to episode 151 of the Bid Picture Podcast. On this episode, I'll talk about the impact of the remote work and return to office trend on minority and underrepresented workers. Thank you for your time. Let's get to it. Bailey Boyd Pitts is an African-American with big curly hair. So when she put her hair up in a bun to go into the office, she didn't think much of it until a co-worker called attention to it. So her colleague said her hair looked more elegant in a bun than the way she usually wore it in an afro. Miss Boyd Pitts found the comment about her appearance, however well-intentioned, to be insensitive. It made her wonder whether it was a comment on how her hair looked the rest of the time. And then she realized that the encounter wouldn't have happened at her previous job where employees could not only work remotely, but could also keep their computer cameras off during Zoom meetings. So as companies increasingly encourage workers to return to the office, many minority employees are reluctant. For instance, a September 2021 survey from the Society for Human Resource Management, SHRM, found that approximately half of black workers said that they prefer to do their job outside the workplace, compared with 39% of white workers and 29% of Hispanic workers. So that survey didn't ask respondents why they wanted to work from home. However, some minority employees, career coaches, and workplace experts say that many of them don't want to face what is often referred to as microaggressions, so basically everyday comments or actions that are interpreted as disparaging or even communicating negative ideas about a person's identity, such as their race, disability, gender identity, or religion. Such comments are often unintentional and they can arise remotely or even during in-person office encounters. So I want to mention one example here that is actually very common and a lot of people don't realize that this is, um, it could be interpreted in a negative way. So if someone meets you and you come from Africa or somewhere else, but then they think you had to learn English to be able to come into the U.S., but then they don't realize that a lot of countries outside the U.S. have English as their official language. Even countries that don't have English as their official language, there are millions of families where English is taught and spoken at home, even before the kids go into school. So if you now meet someone in the office telling you your English is good, that could be very, very, you know, interpreted somehow not positively, because they're making assumptions that you had to learn English before you came into the U.S. So anyway, as long as there is an option to stay home, underrepresented folks will stay home because it minimizes their exposure to muted acts of exclusion. 
Workplace slights, offenses, and insults have gotten more attention in recent years as employees speak up about them, and then workplace trainers and diversity consultants push to address the snobs in sensitivity training. For some employees, working from home is a way to reduce this thing of all those insults. However, workplace experts say that members of minority groups who work from home to avoid enduring slights and insults may be hurting their own careers. Remote workers face the challenge of being forgotten by distant bosses. A 2021 survey from the same Society for Human Resource Management, SHRM, found that 42% of supervisors say that they sometimes forget about remote workers when assigning tasks. In addition, more than a third of those surveyed said working remotely on a permanent basis would reduce the number of career opportunities available to such employees. Interestingly, the possibility of being forgotten may hit minority workers particularly hard. Many of them already say that they feel less supported and they get fewer opportunities for advancement, therefore lagging behind white workers in high-level jobs. Experts have raised concerns about the negative consequences of the choice to remain remote. The remote workforce could end up looking more diverse, but actually comprise fewer senior-level positions. There's a high probability that the in-person workforce will be higher ranking and demographically homogeneous. In addition, there's also the concern that those who choose to work remotely may get passed over for promotions because of a lack of visibility and face time. In other words, minority employees staying out of the workplace and working remotely purely to prevent exposure to microaggressions are making a significant trade-off from a career progression standpoint. So the Computing Technology Industry Association, also known as CompTIA, which is basically an IT trade organization with approximately 2,000 corporate members, recently surveyed U.S. employers across various industries, and they found out that about two-thirds of them don't think unconscious bias and slights in the workplace pose a challenge to staff retention. Larger corporations with established diversity, equity, and inclusion teams, DEI teams, as well as training programs, are more likely to treat workplace slights and insults as a problem. In addition, some larger companies hire external facilitators or even use employee resource groups to initiate conversations about workplace slights and insults. Unfortunately, small and medium-sized businesses often don't have the financial resources to give priority to this issue. They would rather just focus on growth, revenue, and just trying to keep the light on. Few business leaders focus specifically on snobs in the workplace, but many of them are concerned about what to do for employees who don't want to return to the office. This has heightened emotional intelligence and empathy levels across the board because everyone will feel differently about returning to the office. Meanwhile, some companies might find sensitivity training too abstract or even expensive. Instead, data-driven solutions and financial incentives that involve rewards and punishment could drive more widespread change. 
For example, a company could offer a tip line for employees to anonymously report microaggressions. They could conduct post-exit interviews with employees who leave the company, or they could survey employees about their satisfaction with the workplace climate on a team-by-team and location-by-location basis. Some companies may even shy away from programs that train workers to advocate themselves, dreading the fact that the efforts will encourage unionization. In addition, managers could be wary of supporting internal programs that look like the beginnings of unionization. Other workplace experts believe that employees should handle such comments by speaking up and educating their colleagues about them and should rejoin the ranks of in-person office workers to ensure representation and visibility. So to wrap up, I spoke about the impact of the remote work and return to office trend on minority and underrepresented workers. So that's all I have for this episode 151 of the Bid Picture Podcast. Thanks for listening. Bid Picture Podcast is produced by Sunshine Media in association with Alowinly Productions. Fact-checking by Zara Kuznetsova. Audio engineer, Sergey Gorski. Graphic design, Stacey Graham. Senior producer, Abidemi Ologunde. Executive producers, Olufolani Ologunde and Toby Loba Ologunde. Please join me again on the next episode as I continue with a deep dive on cybersecurity's news, events, and incidents, and the lessons we can learn from them for robust cyber threat intelligence and awareness in our daily lives. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the Beat Picture Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Pandora, TuneIn Radio, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Also, please share the show with anyone that you think might benefit from it. For questions, comments, or any suggestions, please send an email to bdme at thebeatpicture.com. You can also get in touch on Twitter at BeatPicture, on the Clubhouse app at Beat, as well as on the Wisdom app at BDME. Please remember to leave a review for the podcast if your platform allows you to do so. Thank you for your time. See you on the next episode. Bye for now.